Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host of the most, as always, Adela Marcy. I keep telling you guys, season four, Legends Edition. I keep bringing the badasses coming out of the woodwork like crazy, and we have another one coming out of the woodwork as well. None other than the man that, oh, let's see, 2009, first year of being in business and a copywriter professionally, influenced the way I actually wrote heavily um, because one of my mentors, Randy Gage, at the time kept hopping on about how great he was. The man, the myth, the legend himself. We got him in the studio, and that is my friend, Mark Joyner, and I fucking love him because the guy's just, like, a great dude. He's, like, puts out so many great things. Mark, thanks for being here on the show. I really appreciate you being here, man. Hey, thanks for the kind words, man, and I appreciate you bringing up Randy. Uh, that's cool to hear that Randy was saying that. He's a he's a pretty tremendous guy himself, and you, I see you doing a lot of amazing things too, man, so uh, thanks, man. good to be here. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, it's like uh, I actually am trying to get Randy on the show. It's like crazy trying to get that guy on the show because he's like always like, yeah, we'll do it, and then he's like, I've got hip surgery. I'm like, God damn it, I forget that you're old. <laughs> he's actually not that old, but I like to make fun of him for it, but the guy's um, – He's amazing, like legit, probably one of the coolest people I know. And again, I count you amongst those people as well. Just a real quick shout out to our sponsors for the show today. Uh, Adelamarcy.com forward slash simpleology. Uh, that is basically the same as simpleology.com, except for I get a nice little affiliate commission because I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm going through the juggernaut program. That shit is amazing. Or if you want to go through the ritual stuff, which is for free, go through that. But I'll tell you right now. If you go through adelamarcy.com forward slash simpleology, um, I'm going to be throwing in a free email training as well to show you how the productivity app and from Juggernaut and the Simple Rituals app helps you write emails quicker and how to basically put your ideas on paper and get done quickly because it takes me about six minutes to write an email now. And I can get that down to about two minutes while I'm using the app. I did that yesterday. Nice. Fucking nice. Sucked. <laughs> I love writing email because I do that for a living, but at the same time, like, I hate doing this. I've got to do it. It's a lot of fun. But, Mark, man, this is incredible. And, guys, go subscribe, check out the site, everything, adelamarcy.com. Go check it out. And you can see I'm flustered right now. I'm running around like, like my brain is running on 10 different directions because I'm uh, still a little bit starstruck. I'm not going to deny it. I am a little bit starstruck right now. They've got the man with me. So real quick, like real quickly, I got to ask, how did you get into the, like everything that you do right now? Because like, I've had so many different stories from so many different friends about you. And I'm like, I might as well get it from the horse's mouth. Like, how did you get started in what you do? Well, that's an interesting thing. Um, you know, I'll start a little bit before the the internet marketing stuff, right? Um, you know, I was a, a high school dropout, college dropout. I, you know, I tested into college, didn't do too well with that. Had to go. I finally realized at one point I needed some discipline in my life, so I joined the military. Um, got a. No crap, we've lost him. Hold on. While I was in. Yep, you're back. Yeah, sorry, we lost you for like okay. a second. We're back. Go. All right, let me make sure there's nothing on my end here that's going to be interfering with the signal, but um. Yeah. So while I was in the military, one of the things I did was, you know, I, I got online. Um, I'd actually been online before most people. Um, I was uh, playing around with the ARPANET back in the old days. My uncle used to have this little, uh, you know, teletype machine that was connected to the, the prototype internet, uh, which was a Department of Defense thing. DARPA created it called DARPANET. Um, and I actually got to play with that when I was a kid. And then uh, later on, when the internet started becoming mainstream, I got back online. There was no such thing as online marketing. We didn't even have credit card processing back then. So I had to invent stuff on my own. Um, you know, I, there was no book to go to how to market online. I mean, it just did not exist. So I started applying the stuff that I learned through, uh, the military and through, you know, martial arts and stuff like that. One of my martial arts teachers told me that you could apply 
martial arts metaphorically to anything in your life. And I said, well, let's check it out. Let's see if it works for the internet. You know, if I can start selling stuff and it worked like gangbusters. So I started becoming the guy that everybody was like, Hey, look at this guy over here. He's selling stuff online. How is he doing it? So I start, said, well, I guess I'm the guru. I, I, so I called myself internet marketing guru, right? I think I'm the first guy to say that maybe. So you're, you're, so the, you're the reason why. Yeah, there is, sadly, this is not my my uh, my my crowning achievement in life, but uh, <laughs> but I'm the, I guess I'm the one who started that phrase. Also, you know, uh, published the first ebook. You know, it was the first ebook publishing company back then, and the first ebook was about um, search engine optimization. Um, there had no been no books about SEO back then. Anyway, I got I you know reached some prominence in that and got tired of it um, and uh, pseudo retired. Uh, and then, um, as I was, uh, getting out of that whole scene, a lot of people were contacting me still and I was, you know, consulting with people behind the scenes. And I started to find out that the biggest problem people had was not with their marketing, but with the fact that their, their minds were messed up. You know, there, there was no productivity happening there. They had plenty of great ideas. They came to me for ideas, but I'm like, look, dude, we got to unjack your productivity. That's what we have to do. So I started developing systems to allow these people to help themselves. And then I codified all of that in the earliest versions of uh, Simpleology around like 2005, I think. And I had been in business for like 15 wow. years at that point. But that was the the next phase that I went to. Wow. And it, so that's very, very condensed version, but here I am today. <laughs> See, I remember one of the first things I was exposed to besides Simpleology from you was the mind control books. Yeah, mind Dope. control marketing. Yeah, that shit was amazing. Still is. Like... It, that, that is one of the greatest regrets I have in my life um, is when I moved out of my parents' place and I moved to California for a little bit. I lived in California for a few months. When I got cool. back, I moved out of my own place. I got engaged. After we broke up, I had like mm. a box full of books and stuff like that that I just basically put aside like little trinkets. My ex had back, basically taken that box by accident thinking it was hers and it had your copy of that book. I was like, it's okay. I've got the notepad. It's fine. I've got a notepad full of stuff. I don't need it. But then I like, was looking for it the other day. I was like, this is one of those books that I really wish I kept. It really is. <laughs> Do you know what it goes for sometimes on the, the uh, Amazon marketplace? Like, I've seen books, dude. If not it's, more. The price, it's peaked out at $2,000 a copy. I, I kid you not, man. That, I've seen that's it why so I'm so that. pissed that I don't have a copy anymore. It's like... Um, <laughs> It's like, because I do jiu-jitsu, and again, you're a f fellow martial artist because you do uh, Muay Thai, and, you know, so did I. Uh, in jiu-jitsu, one of the things is there's a, there's a book that they have uh, written by a guy called Andre Galvao uh, called Drill to Win. It is literally, mm. I think it's like two, 200 or 400 pounds, which is like $700, $700 at the top for a jiu-jitsu yeah. book. The most expensive one I've seen was $3,000 by Marcelo Garcia, and I was like, that used to be like $30. Why is it so expensive? Because it's out of print. Now, you know, the prices can go up. It's seller's market more than anything. Something I did want to ask you, uh, based off of your codification of how, you, how your mind works and stuff, because you have got such discipline, again, as someone that is using the Juggernaut uh, Academy right now and also using um, the Rituals tool, my productivity like is starting to get better very, very quickly. It's only been a week, and like yeah. I can already see massive differences in how my brain's nice. working and the patterns that I'm actually shifting and forming. My question really here is that you can codify anything and you have codified a few things. What do you find is the biggest struggle outside of productivity for people? Because productivity is a good thing, but you, you touched upon it, it was mindset more than anything. What particularly in the mindset 
is, is the virus, so to say? That is a great question. I, I would say it's multifaceted, right? Everybody's a little bit different. Um, you know, some of the most common things I see are um, fear, um, you know, fear of uh, other people's opinions. Uh, you know, uh, we imagine in our minds that we're going to be judged by people for certain things. And it's, and it's such a ridiculous thing that we do to ourselves. Um, one thing I like to explain to people is like, I, I ask, I say, okay, do, do you think that the universe is infinite? And most people say, yeah, yeah, I do actually. I mean, we don't have any evidence that it's not <laughs> right. Um, okay. So if the universe is infinite, um, that means that you are missing out on everything all the time. <laughs> right. So think about that. Right. Um, and it, it also means, so if you're missing out on everything all the time, that also means that, um, everybody has a different view of what's going on. The, the picture you have in your mind is not the same that everybody else has in theirs. So when we imagine that people think these things about us, um, it's very likely not true. And it's very likely that it doesn't matter at all, <laughs> right? They're probably not thinking about it uh, all that much. But the, the restrictive effect that this has on our lives is enormous. It's absolutely enormous. People, I mean, if you catch yourself, you know, going throughout the day and you ask yourself, why do you do this or why do you not do that? You will often find yourself fantasizing about what other people think about it. Yeah. You know, it's a very, very common thing for people to do, but we don't want to admit it because it seems like such a, a bitch ass thing to do, you know, <laughs> but it's, but it's real. This is hilarious. Hold on a second. I'm uh, guys, I'm going to read, I'm just going to like end the recording and restart for a second. Just bear with me one second. Cause I want to do yeah. something. There we go. So we're right back into it. Yeah. And by the way, uh, guys, for those that are like watching this online, if I do decide to use the snippet more than anything, you could see me fucking agreeing and nodding my head because it, as much as I don't want to admit it, it's true. I don't want to admit it. I, I care about what so-and-so thinks online about whatever it is. Dude, why do you think it took me like a year and a half, nearly two years to get a product that I know will shatter the fucking myths of the online world, uh, especially yeah, the copywriting world, out there? Because again, just because um, I believe you should always believe in who you are and you know you should actually take it on board. The program I've created so, Mark, you, you've wrote copy and you know this as well. How long do you reckon it takes you to get good enough to actually understand the difference between good and bad copy? Like, how long would it take you in study time? Man, that's a hard question. I, I would right. say for everyone, it's very different. Um, I was very fortunate that I was able to understand it quite quickly and able to, to write copy quite quickly. And, um, you know, the, the first book that I read on the first formal book I read before, this is after I had actually attempted writing copy, you know, successfully was, um, how to write a good advertisement by Victor O. Schwab. Um, great book. absolutely fantastic, classic, classic, great book, right? One actually, of, one of the I'm ones sure. that everybody needs to read. Yeah. It's, That's on there. Yeah. It's literally on the shelf up there. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. my room is surrounded by books, but the reason I ask is I actually met more of a time frame because for most yeah. people and for myself included, when I started to understand how to write just copy basically and understand how to write good copy. It took me a good two months of just solid work of sitting down and like trudging through testing everything to make sure it works. Even mm. when I went through like, cause I was broke as shit at the time. So I basically like ripped on Carlton's blog. I just lived on Carlton's blog the entire time. Like John Carlton, for those that don't know, um, his yeah. blog was amazing. And of course taking swipe files and, you know, rewriting them. Um, mm. what I did was I actually codified the shit out of it and I can actually teach someone how to write effective copy in an hour, like go from complete nice. novice, don't know what they're doing to have a format and structure that they just follow. And it's like, Oh shit, you actually get this. Now, could you imagine how effective that would be to like wipe out 
the nonsense that goes out online with some people that basically learned how to write copy yesterday and they're like, I'm going to teach everyone else how to do it now. It's like, kudos, but yeah. don't teach until you've actually done. Um, I would love to see how you're doing that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm very curious to see what your approach is. Dude, um, send, my, like, hit uh, me up afterwards. I'll send you, I'll send you access to it. Please do. Thank you. And, uh, you know, my, uh, old friend, the late great Gary Halbert, who was Carlton's, uh, you know, coach and, and great friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Gary and I were great friends before he passed away. We even did a seminar together, um, you know, years ago Which one? and th- that's, uh, well, this is one we did in Miami. It's called the fusion seminar. Oh, um, shit, just something dude. that, um, fuck sorry you just i'm, I'm gonna come back to this please continue i'm gonna come back to this in a second <laughs> right on maybe you've seen it yeah and uh you know that, that's some of the advice he gives folks is to to write out letters by hand um another great copywriter also super good friend of mine um ted nicholas um gives the same advice um joe sugarman does not advise that um also a great friend of mine one of the one of the great copywriters of all he's time as well show. he's on the show he's yeah. a really good friend yeah, great, great guy, man. He's, I mean, he's one of my, you know, best friends, you know, in, in business for sure. And uh, he's just got such a great heart. And he, he explains things in such a, a profoundly useful way. He, what, what he does that's different is he helps people understand principles that uh, can be applied to, uh, to copy. And I think that's essential to really be able to write copy well, consistently. Yep. Um, that's actually kind of what I, I gathered from my work was I took all of Joe's principles, combined it with the psychology of understanding on, on the structure of writing letters, and then combined it with uh, some homework for people to take home and actually use it. So I'm still like updating bits and pieces for it, but the be- a basic core message of what it is um, is there. And it's brilliant. And something I did, the reason I, went, I, I kind of like went a little bit nuts about Fusion Seminar <laughs> more than anything is um, I watched the Fusion Seminar when I was 17 um, because oh, wow. someone, I was getting into network marketing and someone had a copy of that, that, a that DVD copy of it that they were given by someone else. And they're like, yeah, apparently we've got to like learn how to understand to write ads. And at this point I'd been unconsciously writing ads for five years. Like, and I say unconsciously mm. because my story is like my dad got me to write, um, stories for him at his office. And I didn't know this until I was 18, but he used to take my stories and, you know, turn them into ads and pieces like sales pieces and mail them out. I had no idea he nice. was doing this for like you know, six years at this point, I'm like, Oh, this is kind of cool. Still have no idea what copywriting is. Cause in my brain, I'm like, Oh, it's business. It's all the same thing, man, whatever. I th- right. if I remember correctly, you, that's why I, d- I recognized you. That was the fucking reason I recognized you a year and a half later <laughs> was I was like, I've seen this guy, but I don't know why, why do I like him? He spoke some shit and I really liked it. Right. Go back to it. So it's just one of those moments where you have a light bulb moment. Where you just go, Oh shit. I remember that. But something I want to nice. like point out as well um, for, and this is something I, I get a lot of pushback from people as in, why should I write by hand? Like, why should I write copy out by hand? Jay Abraham actually explains it probably the most eloquently of everyone that's ever said it. And I don't know if you've actually mm. heard what Jay's reasoning to it is. I, I know Jay, but I, I don't, I'm not sure what you're going to say. So lay it on me. Yeah. Uh, Jay's reasoning is when you write out by hand and write out good copy by hand, what you're essentially doing is that the, the motion of writing and Tony Robbins has actually uh, confirmed this as well. It basically yeah. etches into your brain. Um, what works like you remember it better. Now, when you write it out by hand, because it's making you remember it better in your brain. Uh, and if you're writing from good sales letters, that's the other thing you want sales letters that win, not sales letters that lose because you're learning good habits of what works. And that basically mm. will make it a lot easier when you walk down the line and do it. 
uh, and write it yourself. I remember to get a mentorship, I had to write 10 of Halbert's letters out by hand, and I got carpal tunnel doing it because yeah. it's like, uh, it's crying. Give me the shortest ones. I was like, these are not so, uh, so bad. But after those 10, you can afford the treatment for carpal tunnel. So <laughs> pretty much. I mean, it's, uh, it, the other thing I was going to say that like a lot of people really, uh, I've noticed and I want to get your opinion on is there seems to be a, um, I see this from the dating world. So from the dating world, it's like super shy guy has zero self-esteem, whatever, never really scores with, never gets the girl. And then Mm. starts understanding how to get the girl, overcompensates, become gigantic asshole that he actually initially hated. And then pulls Mm. it back to the middle where he's actually able to sit between the two. In business, the way I see it with copywriters and business people in general, what they see is you see someone that comes from a situation where they're not well-to-do or they didn't have a lot of money growing up. Yeah. They make a lot of money and then they kind of go over extravagant, spend it all, lose it all, whatever it is, and do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens, and I know this from my personal experience, is it destroys your confidence. Like your confidence in who you are. Can I really do it? Did I really do it myself? Was I lucky? Was it a one time occurrence? I want to know what your, I, I want to get your understanding on what is it that other people can do listening to this that actually haven't made a lot of money or if they have made a lot of money and hit that point, what they could do to like really solidify the confidence in who they are well that's a profoundly important question and the story that you've just told is an archetypal one uh i went through something very similar um i grew up um super duper poor um by american standards uh you know certainly not by you know third world country standards but uh you know i went through some you know some garbage you know during that time and you know was in very rough neighborhoods saw a lot of violence uh you know and uh yeah, it uh, business pulled me out of that, <laughs> you know, yeah. and and it, exactly the same thing happened to me. I, uh, you know, my personality changed. Um, you know, I, uh, I I went through a different kind of struggle. You know, so what I would tell people is is that um, the really important thing is to to figure out who you are and what's important to you. You know, most of us don't know that. Um, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, people, um, they're, they're constantly fantasizing about what other people think it ties in precisely with this. If you, if you know who you are, that fantasy means less to you. Right. Yeah. So that's, you know, what I would recommend people do now that that is a, a far more difficult thing to do than it sounds. Because uh, there's so much information out there that uh, can send you off in the wrong direction. I mean, we're kind of going through a, a spiritual crisis of sorts in the world now. Uh, people uh, don't know what their value systems are. They don't know what's important. They've got people telling them, uh, you know, the, the wrong information uh, so that they can help themselves. This happens so much now. Um, the average guy is not aware of how pervasive uh, this is. Um, what I would just tell people is, um, you know, go out and research the the, uh, the topic of astroturf, right? So, you know, I, I'm a veteran of the military intelligence corps. You know, I can tell you that uh, um, militaries and governments are deeply engaged in the process of of um, influencing how you think. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, corporations are doing it. Um, you know, a lot of people think, ah, oh, that's conspiracy theory. No, man, no, it's extremely true. well documented. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like just look, look at anything they've basically released in the last 20, 30 years. I mean, um, by the way, someone I want to introduce you to, remind me to do this after the call, please, just as a seat for later, is a guy called Chase Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chase basically wrote a book called The Ellipsis Manual, uh, which is probably the, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it is the 
greatest manual I've ever seen on codified human intelligence through nonverbal communication, like how to influence mm. through nonverbal communication. Um, I had him on the show previously. I'm having him back on the show. So a little bit of spoiler for you guys. He's going to be coming back on the show, which is amazing. But his entire work is he's still enlisted. He's still a naval officer in the U.S. Army, in the U.S. Um, military. And this guy okay. just basically still gives talks and teaches. And he's like, yeah, basically, if you look at it this way, this is how you create interrogation tactics. This is how you uh, understand how someone thinks and feels. These are the personality traits of whatever it is and you can, how you can see them and how you can see them yeah. in your own self. But again, it all comes down to, and the reason I say that is because um, even he will confirm the same thing that you just said right now. It's two things. One, yes, they are programming you and using you and teaching you and whatever there is because everything that you do is a way to influence your decision to work in a certain way and feel a certain way. And two, if you know who you are and know yourself, it, it becomes harder to influence you with something that that is uh, universally acceptable by most people. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. Kendrick Cleveland, uh, Cleveland actually even said it himself. He was he has a he has a course called Propaganda Switch. Um, in which he actually goes, why do you think it's called programming? Like television programming? Why do you think it's called programming? It's not by mistake. Who is who is this by? Did Ken you say Kenrick Cleveland? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a friend of mine, actually. Yeah, from good way, dude. way back. Yeah, interesting dude. Yeah. He's, super, super good persuader, persuader. He's like one of the absolute best. Yeah. Oh, and he's like, he's so good at teaching it as well. But then again, so are you. It's, yeah, it's, it's, what I'm finding Thank is all, all my favorite people in the world are like friends with each other. I'm like, I'm glad yeah. I'm friends <laughs> with them too. <laughs> like, uh, you know, Trevor Toecracker as well. Like, um, yeah, Trevor's cool. Yeah, yeah. I know Trevor. There's a, you know, this old Flannery, Flannery O'Connor story, everything that rises must converge, right? You know, yeah. this is, this is what happens. You know, when people go down similar paths, somehow they, you know, they, they Bump into each meet other. each other. Yeah. yeah. It, it's one of the greatest, uh, greatest things that you actually always find with people. So I'm kind of like jumping off a point here for a second with, um, with this idea with like how people, again, are solidifying their values and stuff. How does someone find their values? Because you hear that quite often. It's like, Hey, uh, know your values, know yourself do all this, that, the other, but someone like myself who struggled for a very long time to figure it out. Um, the yeah. only way I did it was by intense isolation tanks, a lot of writing and a lot of like, um, I had a friend of mine basically sit down and just like, talk, like record me so I can get it all back out of myself. What was the method that you use and what method would you recommend for people to actually go through in order to actually figure it out? <sighs> that, that is a big, big question. And, um, the short answer stuff. is, yeah, you you don't ask small questions. Man. No, it's not good. this. This entire show is about like just again. It's called unplugged because we get right down to the point. Hey, that that's the only way we should even be having conversations, as far as I'm concerned. You know, I mean, this we're we're here on this planet for some reason. Um, so I, you know, and and all right. So that's here's what I think. Okay, I I think that uh, we are infinite. I don't think that that uh, this life is 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 it. Um, I don't see any evidence to indicate that, um, you know, I've had a, a number of pretty profound spiritual experiences through meditation. Um, and since we're getting really real, um, also through some entheogens, <laughs> if you're familiar with the term, no, no, um, what, do you know what, what that is? No, what entheogens? And, and theogens are basically hallucinogenic drugs that cause people to see God. <laughs> okay. So DMT, and, uh, ayahuasca kind of stuff. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Psilocybin. Psilocybin, yeah. things Psilocybin like that. Psilocybin is a great thing. Terence McKenna, obviously going down that path. Yeah, so you've read, okay, yeah. yeah. Now, I would not recommend that to everyone. Um, yeah. You know, you've got to be in a good state. you got to be in a good state to go that. 
another really good friend of mine, this guy, Paul Check, he's probably one of the, the, uh, the best experts um, of health and fitness of anybody in the world, um, if not the single best. He's just so extremely well-rounded. And he talks about people going out and doing ayahuasca, blowing their minds out, and then he has to come back and then reintegrate them into the world. You know, So I, I would recommend everyone uh, look at that topic with uh, extreme caution. And um, extreme prejudice, in my opinion, because like it's, uh, again, sorry to interrupt, Mark, but like what I was going to say was that um, a lot of my friends this weekend that came around we were just hanging out and stuff and they were like oh yeah no ayahuasca is amazing all this stuff they haven't done it they were just talking about like going to do it i was like yeah one thing i do know about ayahuasca is that you don't actually make a decision to do it you have to be called to do it yeah like yeah um, that's right 2015 i basically had this this is how i knew i was being called in 2015 i didn't do it um mm. but in 2015 i literally had uh four random clients one was a business client three of them like they all wanted copy from me in different industries i spoke to them and their entire their entire response was yeah we're going away this weekend we're back four separate times all of them came back and said what did you do this weekend i did ayahuasca i don't want to do my business anymore i'm going to change my life in this whole different direction and i'm like that's <laughs> wow. four separate clients I'm like don't worry we'll pay you. you go do your own thing but like we're not going to be running this just so you know. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's fine. So I had four random clients do that. One of them sent me their book that they wrote while they were on Ayahuasca, while they were actually still doing it, uh, called yeah. Ayahuasca Business Persons, oh, oh, like Mind Awakening or whatever it is. Same mm. year, three separate people in London that I met through jujitsu or like from old friends from like li that lived here because I moved to London. Um, they all came out and I was like, oh, what are you guys doing this weekend? They're like, oh, we're doing uh, Ayahuasca ritual. I don't know if you know what it is. I'm like, seriously seven times in the space of about six months i like this yeah. is this is like a call but if you don't get that call my advice very similar to um to you is with any hallucinogenic just be very very prejudiced about it initially like yeah. really understand what you're going into and and focus your mind before you do well, and I would say get get healthy first. You know, um, a lot of people will tell you to go through some kind of purification. And, you know, your friend who was saying, I'm going to quit my business. Well, th this is one of the problems with this kind of thing is that um, you are still in this world and this world is still based on money. And if you want to be able to have a healthy life and function in this world, you're going to need to be able to, to operate within those parameters. I mean, I would love to be able to just say, screw everything and then go off into the forest and, you know, and, uh, you know, pursue spirituality. Right. Um, but that's not, that's not where we are. You know, um, I mean, maybe some people are ready for that. I don't think I am, you know, and I also have obligations. Like I, I wouldn't want to do that to my, I, I don't have kids or anything like that. I'm not married, but you know, my brother, my sister, my, 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 uh, nieces and nephews, you know, I don't want to abandon them. You know, I, I feel like there, there's a reason why I'm here for them, you know, and there are times where my presence is super important for them. And, uh, that I, I just, I take that so seriously. So, um, you know, I, I think that these things are not mutually exclusive though. You can yeah. function in this world and then also know, I mean, when you, when you have these profound experiences, you take from that and you bring it back. Maybe there is a point where we will move on to, to something more. I mean, almost certainly we will, you know, yeah. maybe after many, many rebirths, <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, see my take, go, go, no, go. Sorry, no, no, please, please. I, I interrupted you there. Well, I was just going to say, um, you know, to, to bring it back to, um, you know, what you're saying about that question of how people stay oriented and how they get their value system. Um, you know, I went through, uh, you know, many iterations of that. And one thing that, I, you know, I, I first I started out, you know, being very empathetic for people. 
And then I, I found that I got kicked in the teeth a lot. So I had to start, you know, kind of getting tough and, and jaded. And then I saw, but well, wait a minute, but that's, that's not the right way to live either. Also, by the way, this is another mental trap that people fall into that I think destroys productivity is getting wrapped into false dichotomies. Yeah. Right. You know, it, you, it's not that you have to be tough or empathetic. No, there are times when you need to be tough. There are times when empathy is called for, right? Now, if you're all the time empathetic, you are going to get your ass kicked by life and by everyone, right? People will take advantage of you big time, big mm -hmm. time. And not just the dudes, the women will too, like, oh. you know, for, for the street. Yeah. <laughs> women will sniff that out. <laughs> it, it, you, right? you will attract a type of woman in your life. If you're a guy and you'll attract a type of guy in your life that will take advantage of you because right. it, 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 it's, um, and sometimes through no fault of their own. It's just That's more right. or less they just see it and they go, oh, this person's really nice to me and their own programming and shit kicks in and then you basically end up with your teeth kicked in because you're like, you have to deal yeah. with everything. I think that's a very healthy way to look at it. You know, a lot of us, when we have an experience like that, we get really mad at the other person. And But that person was going through, you know, whatever challenge they needed to go through at that time. And I'll, I'll tell you, some of the some of the people who have treated me the worst in my life gave me the greatest lessons. And that sounds like such airy-fairy self-help claptrap. But I tell you what, man, it's the absolute it's truth. Um, I won't say I won't say what, what the relationship was, but probably the most challenging relationship of my entire life, um, you know, uh, was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. When I look back on it, I thought, wow, thank goodness that it happened to me because I'd be, I'd, I'd be in a far, far sorrier state right now if I had not gone through that experience. Yeah, it's sometimes our worst experiences in the moment shape the best reasons why we need to live. I mean, for me, it's I, like I always tell people, like, I have my own thing, which is I believe in God, but I don't expect everyone else to. Like it's it's yeah. my my personal belief. Whatever you believe, you go believe. If I talk about it in perspective, just change the word God to whatever else that you want it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but something that's really, really powerful for me is like take for instance my suicide attempts. Like I had seven of them before oh, wow. I turned eighteen. Um, and by the way, just everyone listening, none of them were pussied out. Like none of them were like, I'm gonna cut my wrists. They were like legit hardcore shit. They did. I think I've talked about it before. Where um, you guys can't see this, but like. This bottle of, I have a bottle of water in my hand. Imagine I turned it upside down. This is where my skull was when I jumped off a seven, seven story building and I actually went straight into the ground. I pile drived into the ground. No cracked Whoa. skull, no broken ribs, no broken back, nothing. All I had was two bruised ribs and some internal bleeding. And it took me about three more times afterwards of trying to kill myself to, to stop. And that's what business saved me, really. Because very similar to you. Well, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, and I'll bring you back to why it comes to value system, because some advice I gave him yesterday. Your mental health when you're younger can affect you when you're mm. older, and you really oh, yeah. need to seek and sort that shit out. And one of the best ways, yeah. if you're like, oh, I'm feeling depressed, I'm feeling suicidal, I'm feeling like this, what I've learned and what I've understood is it's basically a misplaced connection. You don't have connection mm. to other things and other people, and you feel closed yeah. off and misunderstood. And the best thing you can do is just talk to people. The people yeah. that love you will actually stand there by you. And this is kind of where the dichotomy between empathy and toughness come in together mm. because you need someone that'll be like, okay, I understand the situation, but you need to start being a little bitch right now and actually sort this shit out. Yeah. And, and, and that will help you way more. That will help you yeah. way more. But what I was saying was like growing up, similar to you, Mark, I grew up in uh, one of the toughest neighborhoods in, uh, in, in England, well, in Leicester, in the city I grew up in. Um, like some of the shit that happened to me was I got stabbed when I was like 13 years old. I, you know, I got mm. my ass kicked every single day at school. I got bullied, even though I was fighting at the time I was doing Muay Thai, I got like told, 
if I hit a kid back, I'm going to be in trouble with my dad. So I was like, I got to take, I got to take an ass whooping every day at school. So it wasn't the wow. greatest, it wasn't the greatest feeling in the world. Cause that just, that shit fucks with your self-esteem like crazy. But, yep. um, I actually ended up becoming one of those little like hood kids, you know, with a fucked up accent that drops their words in the worst possible way, like miss letters and shit when they talk. That was me. <sighs> It wasn't until I came, I went to Africa when I was 16 to see my family because I'm from Tanzania originally. I came back six weeks later and I forgot, I'd forgotten how to speak English. I was literally just speaking yeah. Swahili the entire time. I came yeah. back and I got asked the customs, uh, how was your trip? And I forgot that I could speak English. I answered him Swahili in, in Swahili and he looked at me and goes, could you uh, repeat that please? So I asked him back in English and the voice that came out was this one. Like I could speak words properly. <laughs> and I was mm. like, oh. I just had to isolate myself out of that situation for a little bit. And my brain did all the work for me. It just basically figured out I can speak properly. Mm. And what I find is when you model yourself in business, what happens to you is you have to change the way that you are. And I don't mean in a negative way because a lot of people think change is a bad thing. Transformation is a good thing uh, from what what I've seen. By change, I mean you want to take the behaviors that you want to have from the person you want to be like and adapt them into your life. And if anyone right. can do that, it's one of the things I'm going to go back to this. I'm a, I'm a guy that loves doing things at the last minute. That is, that is my, that is my lifeline. 24 hours before a deadline, four hours before a deadline, I'll get the copy done. Tell me it's going to take me six weeks to do. I'd be like, yeah, I'll goof off six weeks. And then like the last yeah. day I'm like, oh yeah, no, it's completely done. I'm just editing, sits there and just writes it all and it's done. <laughs> that, that was me. But what I'm finding is that's unproductive, it's chaotic, and does fuck with your self-esteem so much. So codifying what you did with, and this is what I mean, by going through going through just the rituals app, you can already see, like, I'm already like setting plans. Okay, I have six weeks to do this. Let's do it in two. Let's get all the stuff I need to do done in two weeks, and then I can goof off for four weeks, and I can hand it in at the deadline. Or I can yeah. hand it in before the deadline if I want to, or charge more, or whatever it is. So it works. But what I was getting at was when you're sitting down to understand your values, and this is kind of the key thing, use the app to help you find your values. Set aside 10 minutes every day just to basically sit down and write and go, what are my values? Just ask yourself, what are my values? And write that shit down. That's one of the ways that's that a very, me. That's a beautiful ritual. It's a beautiful ritual. I mean, it will keep you, uh, you know, to... Uh, well, what do they say? There's this great phrase. It's they always keep the main thing, the main thing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's some profound wisdom actually. Yeah. And reminding yourself what the main thing is, 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 is exceedingly important now. Um, you know, when we go online and we see people, um, you know, expressing themselves in emotionally, extremely unhealthy ways. And we see people trying to persuade us to believe things that are certainly not in our best interest and people that are wrapped up in ideologies that they don't really understand themselves. Um, reminding yourself what's important um, is just man it's it's key yeah I mean we're seeing this a lot online um, and again it's kind of it's humorous to me that the trend has set this way because mm-hmm. um, remember back in 2012 when like 2011 2012 everyone was on the I want to be a guru I want to be the authority hype train remember that that was the that was the buzzwords they were using oh yeah um around then like uh, 20 it was up until like 2014 uh 2014 i decided to start this podcast at the end of 2013 started 2014 simply because i want because like they were showing a perspective there was a forced perspective that people were seeing of who that person was i was like but i know you that's not you that person Mm -hmm. that everyone's seeing is only like five percent of you what about the other 95 
So I started the show right. just simply for that reason to bring people in for the authenticity. Now, yeah. the, and this is how I'm gonna relate back. The authenticity works, and it's helped so many people. Great, and I'm moving towards that. You know, just letting myself drop my own guard and stuff. And you live that shit, and it's amazing and inspirational. But the danger is, again, it goes back to the value. If you don't know your values, if you don't know who you are, and you don't keep the main thing, the main thing. Mm you'll be easily influenced and start comparing yourself to others by saying, so-and-so looks happy. They look successful. They say they're going through this, and then you'll be like, why is my life not like that? And social media, unfortunately, has exacerbated that to a level that it's so imbalanced at times. And the moment I found my values in myself, that kind of fell by the wayside. You know, I agree with everything you just said. It's very interesting. there's one thing I want to add here that will add an extra dimension to this oh, and it will help people. It will help people find uh, those values. I, I think that there is something happening in the world right now that is um, almost unequivocal. Um, you know, ma- no matter what you think, uh, you know, spiritually, politically, whatever, th- there is a phenomenon occurring that I don't think anybody can disagree with. And and I wrote about this in this comic book that we produced recently called The Transition Tribulation. I don't know if you read that. I haven't um, yet. No, I've, I've read every, everybody's, every, uh, the every man's superpower. Okay, right on. Yeah. And that, that blog post series and that cartoon book are, are, that's, you know, what's tied into Juggernaut Academy and all that. That's a, that's a whole separate journey, which is extremely important, but this one is more external, right? And it's the transition tribulation is all about this idea, um, that, that I'm observing. That's if, if you're familiar with, uh, you know, Kurzweil and, you know, singularity theory and all yeah. of that stuff, you know, um, if, if anybody, you know, uh, is familiar with computer science at all, we know this thing called Moore's law, everything, you know, to greatly simplify it, um, everything is getting faster and cheaper and more available. Right. Um, in fact, we can even say that there are more trends in that it's, it's getting faster, cheaper, more available and smaller and more powerful year by year. And that is occurring um, on a day-to-day basis now, um, you know, there's this really interesting observation, um, that, uh, uh, this friend of mine, the late great, uh, Robert Anton Wilson, I mentioned him in another video I saw you liked. Um, mm-hmm. he, he, uh, phrased it in a very interesting way. He said the time in between a paradigm shift or, um, a trend, uh, transformational invention in history halves itself throughout time. So, you know, if we, if fire was the first thing and then the discovery of pottery and iron, you know, however that actually works out on a timeline, the time in between those things is getting shorter and shorter and shorter by half. Yeah. And we're, we're getting to a point now where every single day a paradigm shift is occurring. And we're going to get to a point where technology is evolving so quickly that it's going to get outside of the government's ability to manage. So what I talk about in the transition tribulation, I said, look, I said the war of the future, um, and I haven't heard anyone else phrase it this way, but I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about this. I certainly hope they are. The war of the future is between fast moving technology and slow moving governments. And we are on the cusp of that right now. And the transition tribulation is, I, I predict we are going to have, and, you know, take this for, for, for what it's worth. Predict, nobody can predict the future. I got a pretty good track record with, you know, predicting trends, having invented a few industries like ebooks and, you know, ad tracking and all that and, stuff. And, and sounds like it? internet marketing guru. Still, you know, <laughs> right. just going to throw that back at you. Just the most important thing, you know, yeah, you, you invent a phrase like that. You're good. You're golden for life. But, uh, the, uh, the, I don't think there's a way to get around this, right? What, what's going to happen at the end of this? Maybe we'll be able to usher in a techno utopia, right? Maybe we'll, we'll go back to, to the caveman days. Everything will blow up. I, I have no idea. But what I do know is the transition between where we are now and where we're going to end up 
uh, if we ever get to some point where this is a little bit settled, it's going to be rough. And there, there are going to be people who um, clearly are going to lose their jobs, um, you know, as, as automation displaces uh, employment. And there, um, And yeah, and it's higher industries. There are going to be people who will be able to avail of advanced anti-aging technologies and those who won't, right? So the, the reason I bring this in to this particular conversation is I, I think it will help give people a uh, a value system compass, if you will. And um, it comes down to this. I don't think uh, we're, I don't think it's, it, it, we're, I think of the exact right way to phrase this for everybody in this right uh, frame of mind. What I would say is, ask yourself what is going to make us more or less likely to survive this situation, yeah. right? Um, and if you're not, so maybe you're somebody who's who's very um, you know oriented in self, and that's okay. Um, you know, you think, well, if I survive, um, that's enough, right? But I bet you've got some people that you may not be able to, to care for that you do care for, <laughs> right? Um, you want to see them survive. You've probably got people that aren't going to be able to be financially well off. So what I would tell people is, you know, ask yourself on a day-to-day -day basis with your human interaction, how, how should you be interacting with people to usher in a healthier world? Um, because think about this. Everything is amplified now. Everything yeah. is amplified. So that means... If, if everything is getting smaller, faster, cheaper, more available and quicker, um, and quicker what makes you think that's not going to happen to weapons technology, right? So how many iterations of that do we have to go through before everybody's got access to a 3D printable WMD? You know, I don't think we're too far from that. But so what... I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say that, like, if you actually really, and again, I'm going to just border into the realms of conspiracy for a second here, but if you actually look at exactly, do you reckon the military industrial complex and the governments of the world have released everything that is actually out there and said, hey guys, go ahead and go nuts. No, they've got technology that they're not, they're not releasing for very simple reasons. They're still testing that shit out. Eventually it will make okay. its way to the hands of the consumer because it has to, but at the same time. Yeah. Again, if we're following the trend exactly what you said of, um, you know, every, like everything just halves in speed. Dude, mm. th the best example I can give from this is when I started, um, you know, I guess it's middle school. Um, for us, it's like uh, secondary school. It's like from 13, well, I'd say 12 to uh, about 15, no, 16 years old, 12 to 16, that four or five year period, right? Yeah. 12, 12 to 17 is really the actual uh, money spot. So in that time period, when I went into school, everyone had, if you had a phone, first of all, congratulations, you actually, you came from money, you had a phone, but also you add yeah. in, the phone to have was a Nokia 3310, the big ass brick phone that played Snake. Because that's, that, right. I'm pretty sure you can build like a, a bunker out of those things. They're just indestructible. Um, and by the time I left school at 17, when I dropped out, um, iPhones, like iPhone 3GSs were coming out. They were coming out with the iPhone mm -hmm. 4 at that point. Yeah. You've hit the iPhone 8 and iPhone 10, which is basically iteration 9. Right. If you look at the way it is, that was a five-year gap that we went from yeah. having no color screen technology and very, you know, that green, black technology thing they had for text messages and a phone being just a phone to now being this fully superpowered computer 
when I left school, and now you take that on to another 10 years, we basically have more technology than the scientists that put the first man on the moon. Yeah, that's right, man. Well, that's NASA right. at the time. Well, I think about the, the technology that the government is holding back, of course, of yeah. course, right? You know, I mean, the government would be insane to release everything they have. I mean, that, that would be, you know, as a military guy, I can tell you strategically, that would be super duper dumb, right? <laughs> not, a, not a smart thing to do. So here's the thing that, however that shakes out, what we know for sure is that whether the government releases that kind of technology or not, technology is going to continue to advance regardless, yep. right? And so what, in my estimation, the, the, the thing that's going to matter in the future and the only thing that's going to save us is, is health, right? I used to say mental health, but really it's, it's overall health, right? Because, I mean, it, you, don't, you don't have mental health without physical health, really, yeah. you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, and that has to happen on a global level. It has to be everybody because if you have 3D printable WMDs, it only takes one disgruntled dude to blow the world up. <laughs> Let's know? call it what it is, disgruntled asshole, not dude, disgruntled asshole. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, I, I, uh, I think about this more and more as I age. Um, and, uh, well, as I guess I am getting younger, you know, as I age too, so I'm, I'm taking better and better care of my body. But, you know, I, I think very carefully about, um, you know, what I say to people, I think very carefully about what the products I'm creating are, are doing for folks. I think very carefully about, um, uh, you know, the way I answer questions, um, that people ask, you know, um, uh, if, if everything is amplified, that means the impact of your words are going to be amplified. It means the impact of your actions are going to be amplified. So I, I think as a species, we, we've just got to get very conscious of that. And that might help people determine values because it, you, you get to a point where you realize that you've got to be a badass and you have to be compassionate. You got to be both. And in fact, you can't really be one without the other, Yep. you know, as, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I agree. It's kind of like if you look at like, um, if you look at all the, the place I found most of this happening was in the fight world. Yeah. Like, look at someone like uh, Anderson Silva, like probably one of the greatest oh, yeah. MMA fights of all time, probably one of the greatest martial artists, in my opinion, of all time. Um, yeah. Which yeah, really hurt. No doubt. It, it hurts me watching him fight now because I'm like, dude, you're way past your prime. Please just retire, retire the legacy because <laughs> you're, you're doing what Ali did and it's really breaking my heart. But even Ali is another great example. Great fighters. Yeah, they were badasses in who they were, but they were so damn compassionate. Yeah, Like, they were absolutely. so compassionate about their fellow human and what they are. And it's kind of like, um, <laughs> it's complete side note of a thought. I was having this conversation with uh, my jiu-jitsu instructor this morning as we were heading out at the gym um, and just confirmed it again. All people that fight and train in martial arts or whatever there is, they fucking love cooking. I have no idea what yeah. it is, but they love cooking. Not just for themselves, they love cooking for everyone. They're like, no, nah, come to yeah. my house, I'll like, make a meal. It's like, why? Like, I just love cooking. It like it relaxes me at the end of the day. I'm like, that's so cool. So wow. I guess my so it, it's true. You do have you have to have compassion, but also be a badass. And now we're kind of like reaching to that last segment of my show more more than anything. I kind of I, I want to ask you something something I ask everyone, but I want to ask you something different beforehand. So what are like three books in your opinion? And here's the parameters. Two of the books are nonfiction. One of the books is a fictional book or it's a movie. So that's what it is. It's a fictional mm. book or a movie. And the other two are nonfiction books that everyone should yeah. get their hands on and read. Every human being. Every, wow. Well, not every human. It could be entrepreneurs, but it could be like a wide variety of people that you want to go to. It depends who you want to speak to in this case, which is like, yeah, with the swag in you three. 
not just one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I would say um, it, I would tailor that for every person because it really depends on on where people are. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you just off the just, and I don't think these are by any means top three. Just these are ones that are just coming uh, out of my mind. Yeah, to me right now in this moment. Um, uh, you know, I, I think uh, a great book for entrepreneurs um, is one called um, "Write, Speak, and Think Effectively" by um, Rudolf Flesch. Um, if you're familiar with the Flesch Kincaid Reading Ease Scale, if you're not applying that to your copywriting, you certainly should right away because it will give you a, a codified—I know you love that word—way <laughs> of of simplifying your writing, right? And it will also help you think more clearly. Um, you know, it will, it will help you distinguish, you know, which of your thoughts are just you run in your mouth for sound as opposed to the ones that have actual meaning. Wow. That's one that comes uh, to mind right away. I'm actually just um, like quickly searching this and just hitting order on Amazon. It's like, bye, 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 bye. Yeah. <laughs> super good book. Super good. I mean, it will it will have a profound effect on your writing. Um, another one that comes uh, just off the top of my head, uh, another nonfiction book would be uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by uh, the great Maxwell Maltz. Mm -hmm. um, he talks about a way of managing your mind that's very powerful, um, gets you very conscious of uh, how your mind directs your actions by giving you, the, you know, some wonderful metaphors. The, the primary one being that the, the mind acts like a servo mechanism. That's a, uh, a, a goal-seeking mechanism, right? And there's something about seeking goals that provides tremendous balance in our lives. And another metaphor that he gives there is that it, it is very easy to balance a bike when it's moving forward. It's extremely difficult to balance a bike when it's standing still takes you, you know, a huge amount of practice to be able to do that. So if people are not feeling balance, one way that they can immediately restore balance to their lives is to find something meaningful to, to move toward and to move toward that. Uh, a fiction book. Um, man, it could be a fiction I, I, movie. Take the one. Fiction movie. Well, I'll tell you one fiction book. Uh, well, I'll give you a couple. Can I give you a couple yeah, pieces go, of yeah, fiction? Go for it, go for it, man. The one fiction, the one fiction book that came to mind um, right away was um, supposed to be uh, turned into a uh, a Sci-Fi Channel uh, miniseries soon. It's Stranger in a Strange Land uh, by Robert A. Heinlein. Mm -hmm. um, to really understand that, you should read one of his earlier books called Starship Troopers. You can see the intellectual evolution of that man. He's also a Naval Academy graduate. Um, Starship Troopers explains to you the, you know, the, the hard side of that, you know, like why it's important to be a badass and why it's important for countries to be badasses and, and all that. Like, you know, I mean, it, it removes your illusions about that. But then when you get into Stranger in a Strange Land, you can see that the man has really shifted his thinking in a lot of ways. Not, it doesn't exclude or, or um, uh, negate the stuff that he talked about in Starship Troopers, but it adds a, a tremendous uh, degree of depth to it. One other piece of fiction I, w I would put out there that I, I find um, incredibly useful is a film called The Whiplash. Have you seen it? Uh, the one about the drummer? Or... Yeah. Okay, so Whiplash. The the yeah. yeah, yeah. Great, great movie. Um, it's a tremendously great movie. Um, and and it, uh, I don't want to spoil it for folks who haven't seen it, but I mean, one thing that it makes uh, abundantly clear to people is that um, – no matter what, it's on you, man. It's your responsibility. The universe is going to throw all kinds of shit at you. And um, you can cry about it all you want, but the people who uh, choose to persist despite those things that are being thrown at them 
um, are the ones who can make it. And this guy had the level of focus and dedication, and he had just obscene obstacles thrown in, in front of him. I, I mean, physical, emotional, every imaginable obstacle. And you saw at the end of that film what, what the end result of that was. If if people want to achieve something extraordinary, um, have no illusions about what that's going to require. That movie will strip those illusions out of your brain for good. <laughs> yeah. No, I remember going through that. And the other, I'll, I'll give another movie recommendation for people to actually kind of the counterbalance to Whiplash, mm -hmm. uh, Limitless. Oh yeah, yeah. I give <laughs> the, the, the tricks getting there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the tricks for getting there. Yeah, pretty much. You got to have some delusion of grandeur, but you know, combine the two together, you have like the good side, which is yeah, I have this grandiose thing that I want to create, but I actually I'm not going in there blind. I actually have the uh, I know that I have to work hard for it and understand what I need yeah. to do. And yeah. It's something as simple as that. Now, Mark, something I did want to ask. Just really, go, sorry, go can I just interject yeah, one thing? One thing I want to I want to say about Limitless is, um, you know, a lot of people see that and they get inspired. Um, you know, I remember uh, before the the actual podcast started, you know, I kind of jokingly mentioned Modafinil, yeah. um, and and that's what a lot of people think that you know the Limitless pill is based on. I would say very very loosely, right? Because the very effects are, are certainly not anywhere you know near the same, but. All of these interventions uh, like that, all of the shortcuts tend to have consequences. And the film itself, Limitless, did in fact point that out, you know, that they had not perfected this this super drug and it was in, indeed destroying lives completely. Yeah, and destroying, yeah, like killing people off and stuff. But you've got to, yeah. you got to, like, again, it's whenever I tell people that, because I did, I did use Alpha Brain, I did go into the nootropic world for a while and we'll have a conversation mm -hmm. about this after the show. But it's one of those crazy things that modafinil has a downside. And people are like, no, it doesn't. I was like, because I was one of those guys until I hit the downside. And the downside is yeah. you essentially go through a numbing period for about 20 days after you stop. Like mm. you, you get extreme brain fog. Like you can't function at the same yeah. level for, for a while. And then after that, you kind of yeah. come back in. Um, and, you know, it just changes you. So one of the questions I did want to ask you, and I know it's a just complete right there one of the questions i did really want to ask you was um essentially if someone was coming to you right now and they said to you okay mark here's the thing i actually have uh you know you got to know them whatever it's like i actually have this uh i've either hit a plateau in my business um or i'm actually completely on my ass and i have no idea what i'm doing um i'm floundering what pieces of what three pieces of advice would you give them that either apply to both of them or just one of them or is universally true so like what three pieces of advice would you give them? Well, the, the first thing is, um, the, the advice that I gave you, um, in fact, you and I started, you know, connecting more deeply, you know, after I saw a Facebook post that you wrote a very personal one, I won't say what it was. Um, you know, I'll, I'll let you address that as you will. But my advice to you was, Hey man, um, you need to read, uh, the Everyman superpower <laughs> comic book. And then the blog post series about that, because it, the, it, it's designed to bring people to the point of epiphany where they understand, and I don't want to say, I don't want to spoil the, you know, the, the big aha, you know, of the comic book or spoil people what the purpose of Juggernaut Academy is. I would rather have them go and, and read the series of blog posts, read the cartoon and then experience that epiphany on their own. Cause it, it's so important to experience it yourself. Um, yeah. so that's the first, the first bit of advice I, I would give. Um, second one would be, um, you know, just to, to bring it back around full circle is, to, you know, to figure out what's really important to you. 
most of the time when we're struggling with things we don't know what's important to us. It's, it's because we're having that crisis of, of conscience. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think that's happening to so many people because again, their value systems are so jacked up. Um, and if you're not comfortable with the answer you come up with, go back and, and meditate on it more deeply. Um, and, and I would say that you're probably, I mean, if you meditate on a lot, you're going to come to a point where you realize that, yeah, you know, I have got to strengthen myself and I need to be compassionate with other people. There is a very nice, uh, balance that we can find in there, you know, where, um, it's almost the same thing, right? Um, and they're just layers upon layers of, of subtlety that the universe is going to keep teaching us about these things. But I think that if you, you know, if you come through meditation, and you realize my value system is I want to make a lot of money and that's it. Probably haven't meditated enough, <laughs> you know, because I mean, the money, here's what will happen to you if you go and you get a lot of money, right? I mean, we, again, full circle, right? We talked about this, how the, uh, this archetypal journey that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs go through, they go and they make that money and then it destroys them. Yep. Right. Because their value system was messed up. Yeah. The third thing I would say is, um, get into a routine, get into a healthy routine in your life. If you do not have a healthy routine, immediately establish one. Um, because nothing is going to have more long-term impact on you. And when you do something consistently, the effect of it is enormous. You and I were talking earlier about, um, you know, uh, this, this tendency that we all have to go in and wait till the last minute, you know, the night before the test we study, you know, the day before the copy is due, we write. Um, and yeah, man, we're, we're capable of superhuman feats of, of tremendous productivity when we do that. But at what cost? <laughs> at what cost, right? The, the flip gets, side of that is if, if you go in and you write every day, you're going you're gonna to find at the end of a short period of time that you've got a massive volume of writing and your writing got consistently better and better because you're deepening those neural pathways in your mind on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. I mean, it's something I still do as a – not so much for just clients, but for myself. I spend at least an hour a day writing by hand. Nice. Um, just not even in my journal. This is like actual writing for ideas that I have. Like, you know, you know I'm going like, to, I'm starting a newsletter this year. I've already like mm. mentally written out like the first couple of issues that I want to get done. I'm like, okay, cool. I want to get this thing done. All right, cool. So what structure to it? Cause again, I'm a structure guy, which is really weird. Give a person yeah. from chaos structure and they'll produce brilliance. Give a person, um, in structure, a little bit of chaos they'll produce brilliance, but you got to manage that mm. shit out. Otherwise you're not going to, you're going to figure it out in a really weird way. But something, Very I, want nice. to, something I want to jump back to a point too, um, about the whole thing when you said about values and uh, especially with money, one of the craziest things about it, and this is like the third effect that rarely anyone speaks about. And I only say this because I've actually lived through it is you see how money has destroyed so many other lives. And, you know, the, the success stories, I went from being poor to being rich and then I lost it all and I came back and did it again. Um, you see that, what that does, it kind of breeds an, an unconscious fear that you should be happy with what you have and stay at the level that you're at. So you never really, yeah. you, you don't allow yourself to become that person um, because you stand so against it. Now, one of the ways that I'm going to say is a point for to get over that is, uh, number one, go listen to everything Mark says and does, because that shit is amazing and will help you get over, <laughs> will help you overcome that. And consistency is a huge thing. Like having consistency is probably one of the key things in the world. Um, yeah. It like, I was reading the compound effect recently and, um, great. I just read the summary and then got the audio book. Um, 
something that was like a key point was like if you do something consistently consistently long enough you will find you get better at it, it it's yeah. it's the same thing with like throwing oh. it's like same thing throwing a jab or the roundhouse kick in muay thai you throw that yeah. kick enough times it becomes second nature you know oh there's an opening left me throw my low kick or you know clinch it's just become second nature over time one of the things we say in simpleology, and I think this is uh, uh, from simpleology, uh, white belt or yellow belt. It's um, you know I say uh, habits are like earning compound interest on your time. You know, I mean, think about that, right? If you want to invest in something, invest in good habits. Now, I want to I want to show a counterpoint. You know, we were talking about money. Yeah. Um, your money has destroyed a lot of lives. Lack of money has destroyed a lot of lives too. Yeah. No. You know the effects it has on your mental health for being poor and stuff like that is just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So we we've got to figure out how to somehow become independent and self reliant. And in the the way the world is structured right now, you cannot have independence and self reliance without uh, having some command over economic forces. Yeah. You, you gotta you hustle that stuff out properly and also give value because that's a big thing as well but understand your values before you do anything else in my opinion because once you know your values i wish someone had sat me down when i was 18 when i first got into business said establish your values understand what it is the last 10 years would have gone completely differently in my opinion but hey that's... you know what it, it it's not sexy this is the problem right people yeah. tell you that and it's like oh man i'm getting preached at Nobody wants to be preached at, you know, and, and again, it, it, until you get kicked in the teeth, some of the, the basic advice that people give you just sounds like, man, I don't need to worry about that. I'm too tough for that. Blah, blah, blah. You know, all right. <laughs> maybe, you maybe, maybe you got to experience it. Maybe you got to have the epiphany yourself, you know? Oh yeah. No, I, the way I kind of like really sat down with this was uh, about six, seven weeks ago before we shot this, before we shooting this, we're in May right now. So this will come out a couple of months later, but like uh, in, in March, I went through a four day experience of transformation with someone that I, I, I really like trust them. The mm. equivalent of what I did in four days was 20 years of self-development in a four day wow. period while I had strep and a fever and I had to show up every single day. Like it was, it was crazy. He like one of the guys that was wow. facilitating with me, he got strep throat like the week after I did mine. And he goes, I have no idea how that tough motherfucker got out of bed every day. He goes, what do you mean? It's like, I just wanted to stay in bed, curl up and go to sleep. I didn't want to talk to anyone. And there he is, yeah. four days straight in there, engaged in doing it. Um, Impressive. Oh, it's, it's that, but it's also because if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. The human body's capable of incredible feats, but it comes down to this whole thing. I had to get kicked in the teeth enough times in my life in order to attend this thing, in order to go do it. And it wasn't mm -hmm. sexy. It was hard work. It was bringing up a lot of emotion. I had to sit through it. But at the same time, Again, if someone sat me down at 18 years old when I first started my business or sat me down the first day of my business and said, okay, before we do anything, understand your values, write that shit down. Okay, great, got it. Yeah. Now, everything you do from this moment forward, as long as you stay to your values and understand what your core beliefs are, everything works out for you because it's true. The moment I wrote that shit down, everything fell into place. The moment I actually... Very nice. And it works with everything. The moment I said, one of my values after I did this was, um, I only want to have the, this type of person in my life. This is the type mm. of woman, uh, women or woman I want to date and friends and have all this, that, the other. It took six weeks to go from me screwing around, being a weirdo, having friends that like brought, brought so much freaking drama into my world to them just naturally mm. exiting out and going, hey, it's a thing. One of them left me a little bit of a scar uh, personally. But again, it's one of those things when I know when I look back at it in a year's time, it's going to be I needed that lesson to be taught to me. If I didn't have that lesson, Indeed. I wouldn't be where I am.
So, Mark, it's been uh, any last words that you want to say before we, we head off? You just reminded me of a great quote. Um, you know, it's a, one of the one of the great lines from Hamlet. Um, it was the the speech to Horatio as he was going off to uh, to see the world, and the the last line of the, the the advice to Horatio was, "This above all, to thine own self be true," and it ties in perfectly with what we were talking about with values. You know, it, it is a a, a great uh, way to to guide yourself through life. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe the best way. Yeah, no, I, I agree entirely with that. Uh, guys, you have had the distinct pleasure of having uh, Mr. Mark join and basically spill his guts online. I'm actually proud to say this because like, I've actually had different interviews with you. And um, I, I, I think, well, you can confirm this, I think I'm probably one of the only few guys that's actually pushed you to answer like really weird questions. I'm like, hey, what about this really strange thing that we want to talk about? Um, yeah, most guys are asking me like, how do you write your best email subject lines and stuff like that, which is great. I love it, but you know, I'd, I'd, I'd rather go deep, you know, <laughs> Hey, wait, wait. Sure. everything that we've spoken about, if you do that correctly, I can guarantee you right now how to write your best email subject lines would not be an issue for you because you'd be like, Oh shit, I already know what I'm going to do. When we're getting to the deeper course guys, check out adlamarcy.com forward slash simpleology. Uh, you go check it out, go through all of Mark's stuff. It's absolutely amazing. If you invest, great. That's, that's one for me. Email me and I'll show you how to basically, uh, write kick-ass emails using Mark's system as well, basically in the sense of, um, you know, how to increase your productivity. So how you think and how you codify your emails and write that shit down. Uh, and yeah, like share, subscribe, you know, tell me how great or how much you hate this podcast and how we can improve. I'm always down for stuff like that. Improvement is the way forward. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, man. Hope we get to do it again. Likewise. Yeah, definitely. We'll do that. Take care, guys. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.